Hello and welcome to the Never Heard of It podcast. I'm Craig Moorhead, and uh, this is the podcast where we talk about all the films that have slipped through our cracks. Today, I'm joined, as always, by my co-host and yours, Sean Harwell. Hi, Sean. How are you doing? I'm good, Craig. How are you doing? I'm great. You know what I like? What do you like? I'd still like, uh, I like 1985, man. Oh, man. And I like these tee-up episodes, too. Mm Mm-hmm. They're fun. I feel like Uh, I learn something every time. Yeah, uh, me too. And I think uh, I've I've heard word on the street is that they they get some people jazzed up to actually watch the movies before we talk about them. So uh, uh, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Me too. And we got two more tonight. Mm-hmm. We're going to give you some trivia tidbits and mm. all the pertinent info of the parties involved of the two movies we're going to talk about today, Spies Like Us and Into the Night. So, yeah, check it out when you have time to watch movies. <laughs> and you'll be back next time to listen to the full episode. So, uh, Craig, what else do we need to, to set up here up front? Well, we should also just let people know that we do have a website in case this is the first time you've uh, happened upon our podcast. Obviously, you can find us on iTunes, but we're also at NeverHeardPodcast.com and on every Twitter, every Facebook, uh, anywhere you go. uh, You can find us around somewhere. Please drop us a line. Tell us if you hate it. Tell us if you love it. Tell us something. (laughs) Just tell us something. (laughs) Just tell us something. Uh, one little side note yeah. for those of you traveling to our website, you may notice we've been trying to get a lot of the foreign posters for some of these movies up there when we make our posts on the website. Yeah, I think they're fun to look at, as always. Sometimes the artwork is completely different and uh, n- not necessarily accurate, as was the case <laughs> with uh, the Friday the 13th sequel and the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street one as well. Uh, so far, I have not been able to find ones for Desperately Seeking Susan and The Legend of Billie Jean, the last two movies we did. So I'm calling it sexism. Definitely sexism. It changed. So I'm well, sure they're out what? there. Just confirm. Other countries don't like women. Yeah. And I find I that disgusting. That was it. Yeah, that's totally um, disgusting. I did want to point out, though, you, you found an image from Legend of Billie Jean that had one bit of it had like a truck. With an explosion behind the truck? I didn't even notice that. Uh, I mean, I, I think it was an explosion. I was looking sure at it right. and I was just like, did I forget about the exploding truck part of this movie? No. Or did I don't they think just did. put an exploding truck there just to get people excited? Yeah. Now, that one actually, that might have been the UK version, but it doesn't count if it's still English as no. far as I'm concerned. So yeah. uh, I don't know. Maybe there's a British uh, ver- cut of Billie Jean where they, they blew up a truck. I, we can only hope so. We can only hope so. But yeah, if you didn't uh, hear the last episode, it's all about Desperately Seeking Susan and The Legend of Billie Jean. It's a good episode. And those are two movies that I, I think both movies really get overlooked a good yeah. bit. Um, and, and, and they both got definitely. a lot to offer. So definitely check that out and check those movies out. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but Sean, why? I have no way of setting this up. Sean, <laughs> why? let's talk about Spies Like Us. Uh, I want to talk about Spies Like Us by first asking you how long it's been since you've seen this movie. 
I, I definitely saw it in a theater, and then I would guess that I've maybe seen it two or three times after that, but I mean, it's it's been a healthy 20 years at least. I'm kind of with you because I was thinking about it today as I was looking up info on this movie. Like, oh yeah, Spies Like Us. I watched that a million times when I was a kid, and I'm like, I don't remember a damn thing <laughs> about this movie, I think. Yeah. Uh, so I'm hoping it's all going to either come back to me or just be completely fresh. And in either case, I suspect it will be enjoyable. And mm. yeah, Spies Like Us is the movie from 1985 directed by John Landis about two bumbling government employees who think they are U.S. spies, et cetera, et cetera. We'll get into more plot next week, of course, but it stars Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd. That's sort of the big ticket pieces um, for this movie and this year. And we're doing something a little bit different today, and we'll talk about why we paired these two movies just right up front, is I think we were both somewhat surprised to discover that these these were John Landis movies both. And yeah. uh, the movie you're going to talk about, I didn't even know existed until recently. And totally told you, I completely did not remember that John Landis had directed Spies Like Us. So, uh, yeah, good on him for getting two movies out the door in a year. Yeah. Um, since we're going to talk about him so much, I figured might as well also throw in just a little, little trivia on, on Mr. Landis here. I learned today that he was a high school dropout who worked in the mailroom at Fox and made his way up to PA on Kelly's Heroes, which was a 1970 film, I believe starred Don Rickles in some capacity, uh, among others. And they shot that in Yugoslavia, and apparently he just sort of stayed uh, in that area and made his way around Europe for a couple years and worked as an actor and an extra and a stuntman. And even, I think, has some uncredited work on... I believe once upon a time in the West or oh, wow. uh, yeah, some, some, some big spaghetti Western action in there. So uh, that was fun to learn and unexpected yeah. for sure. Um, but I think, you know, when you talk about that guy, it's interesting because for some reason I, I tend to think of American <laughs> werewolf in London first mm -hmm. and think of him kind of as a horror director. Mm -hmm. which is weird because it's clearly a comedy, I mean, a powerhouse. Yeah. Right? For sure. Let's, I'm just going to quickly walk us through just from 77 to 88, right? Yeah. Kentucky Fried Movie, Animal House, Blues Brothers, American Werewolf in London, Trading Places, Michael Jackson Thriller, uh, Twilight Zone the movie, Into the Night, Spies Like Us, Three Amigos, Coming to America. Boom. Yeah. That it's is a, a hell of a run, right? Now, let me ask this quickly. Knowing that he is behind Michael Jackson's thriller, does that make you nervous to watch these two movies? <laughs> uh, a little bit. Mm -hmm. I mean, we'll get to that when we talk about your movie, because I, I definitely don't know what I'm getting into there. But yes, yeah. as, as we've discussed before, thriller completely scared the crap out of me as a kid. And... Uh, <laughs> I, I did watch rewatch American Werewolf in London. I think maybe a year year and a half ago. Yeah, oh, this movie is so good. Uh, just so it's good. really good. It's yeah, a holds really up well. good mix of yeah horror and comedy. Yeah, and the uh, horror is is horror. I mean, it's yeah. it's it's creepy. So yeah, he's got that in his bones and DNA for sure. Uh, but this movie is obviously a comedy. It was written by Dan Aykroyd um, and Dave Thomas, who have story by credit, and then. Aykroyd, Lowell Gans, and Babalu Mandel 
best name in the business. Oh, yeah. Uh, screenplay credit. Now, Dave Thomas, you probably recognize the name uh, if you're you know, listening to this podcast, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you don't, uh, yeah, he's mainly known as an actor, I think, from like the SCTV, like the, the Canada comedy guys and Strange Brew, of course. Uh, mm-hmm. I did not know... He's also been doing a lot of writing and TV, most recently on Bones and The Blacklist, which... Oh, wow. Yeah, neither uh, of those shows I think of as a comedy. Maybe they have comedic elements, but uh, sure. those are you know, two very big network shows there. Um, yeah. Craig, I was also kind of surprised to learn, A, and just, I, I forgot, I think Dan Aykroyd was in the uh, We Are the World video, which <laughs> I think is 1985 <laughs> as well. Yeah. But, was it, it? Was he in character from the Blues Brothers? We may have to investigate that. I suspect. Oh wow, I don't remember that, but maybe so. Maybe so. Uh, Gans and Mandel, writing partners, uh, just some huge credits: Parenthood, League of Their Own, Splash, etc. Uh, big, big names. Um, lots of stuff there. Now, uh, Chevy Chase actually has top billing here, and that may seem a little strange, just considering you know he'd been acting for a while. And obviously SNL is a big part of the story, but Caddyshack and Vacation were really the only sort of two big breakout film roles he had until like 85. I mean, 85 was his year, right? Yeah. Uh, You've got Spies Like Us, Follow That Bird, European Vacation and Fletch, all of which those, you know, European Vacation, Fletch, Spies Like Us, all in the top 15 of the year. So. I mean, he ended up, I think, right around the 150 million mark for the year uh, for his films. And, and that is huge considering, you know, you only had three movies that crossed 100 million total that year. So, yeah. uh, you know, say what you will about the guy. It's hard to deny his power in 85 for sure. Absolutely. Uh, you also got Steve Forrest, who plays the general in this movie. Uh, a lot of TV for him. Dallas, he was on that show. You got Donna Dixon, who uh, became Dan Aykroyd's wife after they met on Dr. Detroit. She was also on the show Bosom Buddies. Mr. <laughs> Tom Hanks. Yeah. Uh, Bruce Davison, a lot of people may recognize uh, from the X-Men movie. And he was also in a movie called Lies, which is a 1985 movie, which I don't even remember looking that up, but I'm yeah. sure we did at some point. Uh, was also on the V, uh, the series, the TV series. You may remember, wow, I remember that. that. Yeah, huh. and uh, Alfred Hitchcock presents. But, I mean, just a massive filmography, that guy. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Bernie Casey, I think, was the last actor I wanted to really mention. And that guy uh, you probably recognize from Bill and Ted's, or I know him distinctly as UNF, UN Jefferson uh, in Revenge of the Nerds. He was kind of the fraternity president, I guess. Uh, oh, <laughs> like, the, the, like the super good-looking guy? Uh no, he's African American guy who was like very. I mean, oh, oh, that he's guy. Handsome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not trying to say. Um, yeah, yeah he's that no guy. Slouch. Super. The yeah. guy that ended up dancing at the party. Uh, so yeah, I love that guy. Sadly, he died this year in September. So oh, wow. um, yeah, he will be missed. I think I actually saw him in Culver City once. I was like, wait, I know that guy. Um, <laughs> so that's my Bernie Casey story. Now, Bernie Casey. Um. Massive, massive cameo list here, Craig, and Spies Like Us. And this is where our homework is and all the listeners. Uh, we've got a good, good game of film nerd Where's Waldo here to do, okay? Yeah. Nine cameos by directors in this movie. I guess Landis was totally into that, which I didn't realize at all. Oh, yeah. 
And some of these I have no clue who they look like or what they look like exactly. But you got Costa Gavras, mm-hmm. Sam Raimi, Jerry Gilliam, Joel Cohen, Frank Oz, Michael Apted, Larry Cohen, Martin Brest, and Bob Swaim. I don't recognize the name Bob Swaim, but all the others. I don't. Yeah. Pretty, some huge names there. So yeah. interestingly enough, none of those directors have ever directed Ackroyd or Chevy Chase in anything, apparently. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of crazy. Um, anyway, uh, the movie was produced uh, by Eric Dish, George Falsey Jr., and Brian Grazer. Obviously, Brian Grazer is probably the name you know there as Ron Howard's producer. Um, music by Elmer Bernstein, massive, massive filmography going way back. He also did Black Cauldron in 85, but Airplane, the original True Grit, Sweet Smell of Success, et cetera, on and on and on. Cinematography by Robert Painter who did Trading Places, Superman 2, Werewolf in London, Muppets Take Manhattan. I believe he did Into the Night as well, which you'll talk about, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, edited by Malcolm Campbell, who did Ace Ventura, Wayne's World, and Three Amigos. Yep. Um, the movie, Craig, started filming in February 85 and finished in May. I think it came out in December, so a late release that year, December 8. It made $8 bucks that opening weekend. Went on to gross sixty million by March of the following year when it ended its theatrical run, which was good enough for tenth on the year. So very, very good. Yeah. Uh, I think they shot some in Morocco. I'm gonna see if I can dig up a clip from. Remember when Chevy Chase had his very brief uh, late night talk show? Yeah, I do. Yeah, it was not. It did not land it. well. Um, no. But Ackroyd went on there and apparently told a story about uh, them getting chased. Excuse me by. Uh, like troops in Morocco, and then a prank he pulled with Landis the next day, uh, trying to get Chase to believe that they were both going to get arrested. And I'll see if I can find that and post it on Facebook. Uh, I did not know that this movie was inspired by uh, the Bob Hope Bean Crosby series of films called Road 2. There's Road to Singapore, Road to Zanzibar, Road to Morocco, etc. And uh, in fact, Bob Hope also has a cameo, which <laughs> was his final appearance in a film. Wow. So keep keep your eyes peeled for that. Here's another thing I completely did not remember, but there is a title song from this movie by Paul McCartney. Yes. Oh, I knew that for sure. Do you? I, okay. <laughs> I was I was crazy about that song back in the day. Well, a lot of people were. That was yeah. uh, apparently the last one. I don't know if this is perhaps changed. Well, I'm trying to think. I, I don't know if this changed, but... According to IMDb, that was his last solo top 10 hit uh, mm-hmm. that he has had. Really? As of 2013, at least. Yeah. Wow. Uh, last two notes. Uh, the movie originally ended with the destruction of the world, Craig. <laughs> uh, that's you know, always you gotta, a stronger, that's always a stronger I, ending. I, I know, but yeah. not apparently to test audiences. They didn't like it, so they shot wow. a new happy ending on a soundstage in Burbank. So let's see if we can pick up on the fact that it is a soundstage when we watch it. I don't remember the ending at all. Nope. And uh, apparently uh, Family Guy did something of a sequel to the movie in an episode where they got uh, Chase and Aykroyd to play themselves on another spy mission. And this sounds kind of funny. It's, they apparently explained that uh, President Reagan appointed them as real-life spies after seeing the movie, <laughs> which is is kind of comical. So I might have to go seek yeah. that out. But, um, yeah, that's Spies Like Us. That's all I got for now. There's obviously a bunch of other like, just tidbits about this movie floating around the web, but I, I yeah. thought that would be a good place to start. So I'm excited to see this again. Me too. 
and uh, especially uh, in tandem with the movie you're going to talk about, which is, I think, a much lesser known uh, Landis movie from this year. I think it certainly is. Let's go into the night. probably put it together before that this is a John Landis movie, but it's always sort of been on my radar, but I never think of it as a John Landis movie. So that only ever gets me more excited about it. And and then then it just slips off my radar again. So, so here we are. So yeah. So into the night, obviously directed by John Landis. We've already uh, gone through his thing. He's kind of a great director for film nerds. Because he yeah. does pack his movies with stuff. No matter how, if it's serious or not or whatever, horror doesn't matter. Like he packs it fill, full of just little things in the background you can mm-hmm. pick up on. And uh, and this movie's no no different, uh, which we'll get to in a second. Uh, it's written by Ron Coslow, who is the creator of the, the television version of Beauty and the Beast. Wow. So Ron Perlman and uh, Linda yeah, Hamilton yeah. back in the day. Uh, and he produced it along with a gentleman named George Folsey Jr., uh, who, who also uh, produced Three Amigos uh, and was an editor on the movie Hostel. Really? And Hot Tub, Hot Tub Time Machine. In fact, he, he edited all the Hostels. Kind of, kind of interesting. He's got a huge editing. Wow. Uh, That's an interesting yeah, career. Filmography. And something interesting about it that I, I didn't have time to confirm or, or figure out, but... So he's got this list of movies that he's edited, and they really seem to match up with what Malcolm Campbell has edited. And Malcolm mm. Campbell is is credited with editing this movie. So I'm going to look into this before we talk about these movies. Like I'm just wondering, is 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 Malcolm Campbell a made up name? alias? I think we'll just go ahead and assume that that is true. I I would like to. I would like to. I like I like. What that if kind of it's stuff. actually John Landis? It's all three of those. Yeah. Well, what if it's one of the Cohen brothers? They like to do oh that, God, and he's already like buddies with one of the Cohens. Yeah, it's true. That, that would freak me out. Um, <laughs> Joel Cohen edited Hostel. That would definitely freak me out. Yeah, that would definitely freak me out. Uh, so this movie, <laughs> this movie stars Jeff Goldblum. Maybe you've heard of him. Nope. Uh, at this point, he was coming. He was just coming off of uh, Buckaroo Banzai the year before. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know he'd, he'd obviously been around for a while but I, he, he wasn't necessarily a, a big name or anything so this is a big starring role for him um, uh, pause one second what's up buddy um, can I get water well you go ask your mom okay Okay. he likes to come in and watch the uh, the meters rise and fall hey Harp can you close the door please oh yeah it's the best part so this movie stars Jeff Goldblum He's just coming off of Buckaroo Banzai. This was, I believe, his first starring role. Um, and obviously, he's like he's a dude who really has his own rhythm. Yeah. And uh, I think it's really, I don't know, it's one of the things that gets me excited about this movie because I all I keep reading is is how this movie is maybe like uneven or you know this is good but this is strange and this is here and all that kind of stuff and I'm I'm so excited to watch this and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, but his uh, co-star was Michelle Pfeiffer, 
uh, who's just coming off of Grease 2 and Scarface. Yeah. So that's where that's where you would have known her from <laughs> yeah. back then. Grease 2, um, God. I forgot about that. Richard, Richard Farnsworth from A Straight Story in Misery. Oh, yeah. yeah He's yeah. coming into this. Uh, Irene Pappas, I believe is her name, from Zorba the Greek. Yes. Uh, and Dan Aykroyd, who you know very well from uh, Ghostbusters was his movie before this. And, of course, Spies Like Us came out. Yeah. The same year. You'll also see Clue Gulliger. Really? We've, okay. Yeah, who we just saw in Nightmare 2 and yep. uh, good old David Bowie. Oh. So, yeah. So, there's a really cool cast here. Um, and you're going to see, just like in, in Spies Like Us, you're going to see a ton of cameos. I think they're even more obscure in this one. But a few of a, a few of the people you'll see is Jim Henson. You'll see Jonathan Demme. And... You'll see Landis himself. And I mean, that's that's just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. Like okay. there's a there's a ton of people in this movie doing just little cameos. Um, music is by Ira Newborn. Did he do Spies Like Us? I don't believe so, no. I can't remember the music for uh, no. But uh, he, he did Weird Science more recently. His, his uh, most recent movie was Basketball. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, cinematography, as you said, by Robert Painter, um, uh, Malcolm Campbell, if that really is his name. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Did that? Exist. Into the Night was released on February 22nd, Sean. So it was chilly outside. Mm-hmm. It was chilly. And when you, when you put a movie out on February 22nd, you don't have the most faith in it. That's, that seems to be the common wisdom. Um, or you're, that was you're the case just, in 85 too? I, I I feel like it. Well, I mean, it's certainly what like summer was definitely the time you put out your biggest movies for sure. So I'm not I'm not saying they dumped it, but that, I, you know, if, if you if if they felt a movie had limited appeal, they weren't they didn't know where to put it. You yeah. put it in February and see what happens. Which I think uh, I don't know. I'm so excited to see this movie. It it only made uh, seven point five million, and came in at number hundred and two. Isn't that strange? But despite coming in so low, again, Sean, I feel like there's so much to see. One thing you want to keep an eye out for, also in Spies Like Us, I don't know if it's there, but in, in all of Landis's movies, he always has some kind of poster or picture or mm-hmm. banner somewhere in the movie that says, see you next Wednesday. Yes, that is supposedly in Spies Like Us as well. I apologize. Did you actually already say that in your No, story? I did not. No. I okay. remember reading like, it. Man, did I, did I actually tune that it. out? Yeah. Okay. Um, so keep an eye out for that. See you next Wednesday. Uh, now a little bit of trivia here. This is all trivia. What am I talking about (laughs) now? A little more trivia here. There you go. Three weeks into the movie, Landis had to stand trial for involuntary manslaughter for the thing that happened on twilight zone with Vic Morrow and those kids. There was an accident. If you don't know, there was an accident in one of these scenes in when they were making the twilight zone movie. And Vic, actor Vic Morrow and these two kids who were in the movie with him, both they all died. Horribly so. And, yeah. And, um, and obviously it was a big deal. There was a lot of suing going on. And uh, oh, I don't know, Sean. I'm sorry. So many people are being accused of so many things these days. I know. I, I didn't I go know. too far down the rabbit hole with that one just because I, I know it's been talked about a lot elsewhere. Yeah. So I mean, maybe we'll yeah. look into it a little bit more before the big, big episode or somebody else can enlighten us on it. But yeah. Anyway, well, I, I, w- I would urge our listeners to hurry and watch these movies because as far as I know, no one in here has been accused of any sort of it, it, impropriety. 
it's a matter of time. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, there are a few I'm not shady characters. Fingers, no, but I know Chevy Chase is not supposed law to be the of averages. Guy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I wanted to leave you with this, and for me, this this makes me want to see the movie all the more. Um, but I know that this was trying to warn people off from watching it. But there's a a quote from Vincent Canby from his New York Times review of the movie. Yeah. Where he said, a little bit of Into the Night is funny. A lot of it is grotesque. I love it. And all of it has the insidey manner of a movie made not for the rest of us, but for movie makers on the Bel Air circuit who watch each other's films in their own screening rooms. Wow. That only makes me want to watch it more. What is the Bel Air circuit? I don't even know what that is. Yeah, that's interesting because I also read about a little just that there was, I think, a healthy rivalry between Landis and Spielberg um, during the making of, oh gosh, what was it? Uh, I think Twilight Zone and was it uh, Well, just Twilight Zone. Um, It might have been, actually, it might have been Spies Like Us now that I think. Think about it. Just basically, it was like, well, who's going to have the bigger budget movie or whatever? And Spice Like Us had oh. a surprisingly large budget, if I remember. And I don't think I said that, but no, it was uh, around $25 million, well, $22 million here estimated. Yeah. I think it was, I saw it higher than that. Anyway, it's a big comedy. Yeah, yeah, one of these movies. Them, yeah. um, but I, I, I think, yeah, they liked each other's company at least because i think landis is an extra or has a role in 1941 anyway and like so obviously like they don't hate each other um but maybe they're referring a little bit to that and the fact that he stacks his movies with directors making cameos uh, (laughs) maybe is where that criticism is coming from although i don't know that seems a little little rude it it does it does let's have some manners I mean, he made two movies in one year, you know. They can't they all did. be for everybody. Spielberg released two movies this year, right? He did Color Purple and they re-released E.T. I wonder if that That's was true. him just saying, here, here's two movies, see? <laughs> yeah, everything he touched at that point. Yeah, uh, yeah that's interesting, though. I, I definitely want to see it. And again, I know very little about it. I like the poster and the DVD art that I've seen. Me too. And maybe we should mention, I, yeah, I think I just read that. It, this movie literally just came out on a collector's edition Blu-ray. So you yeah. know, if you uh, have access to, to a rental place or want to just, just buy it, that might be the best way to check out Into the Night. Indeed. And uh, yeah, I'm like you. I, I think... The fact that this movie did so much lower than, I mean, forget Spies Like Us, but just the the rest of the movies this year. I'm like, what What is this movie? Because clearly Landis' track record is, you know, without fault, basically. Um, So it's hard for me to sit here and imagine that whatever's on the screen was not his intention. Right. So whatever it is, is what he wanted us to to experience and you know if it didn't click with the mainstream audience i'm kind of in in a lot of ways definitely more excited to see this than spies like us again well i have to say a part of it a part of what what i what i'm looking forward to seeing about this movie that's kind of stuck with me all these years is like i i I know that poster like i've seen that poster a thousand times yeah and i mean it doesn't tell me anything nope 
but it's cool. Like that's like it looks cool. Like yeah. it looks like it's gonna be like a mysterious thing, but I have no clue what's going on in that movie. And yeah, I mean, like everything I've read, any scene that I've seen of it, like it never, it was never just that easily. Like, hey, Back to the Future, put him in a car. It's time travel. <laughs> it's Michael J. Fox. Like, what more do you need to know? Whereas Are you this foreshadowing is like, that you're just going to shit all over Back to the Future when we talk about that? Is that what's going to happen here? I don't want to get into it right now. <laughs> okay. Fuck Back to the Future, man. Oh, Jesus. Anyway. Our subscriber just went down. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's that's this thing just seems like a total mystery to me. Yeah. And, and, I, and in a way, I just feel like I don't even know how you could go wrong with it. Like, it Ooh. just feels like everything about it is goodness. So I can't wait to see it. Yeah, let's hope that's the case. Uh, like I said, both of these movies are available online in many outlets. So go check them out and then come back and, and join us next time as we really deep dive into these things. Let's dive deep. Deep, deep. 